This is Marketing Smarts, a podcast committed to cutting through all the confusing marketing BS so you can actually understand how to take action and change your business today. Welcome to Marketing Smarts. I am Ann Candido. And I am April Martini. And today we're going to talk about the necessary steps to making a successful career pivot into becoming a freelancer and starting your own gig. Because really now more than ever, it seems like there's lots of folks out there re-examining their priorities, what makes them happy, how they're productive, how to best apply their skills. And a lot of times that means going out and doing your own thing. And we've also had a year of COVID, lots of time on our hands, and people are reflecting. And we've gotten so many questions and had so many conversations with our coaching clients, with other clients, with acquaintances, with friends on how to do this successfully. So we thought... Why not go ahead and have a whole episode on this very topic? But before we jump in, we have a very special guest joining us today that just made a pretty epic career pivot herself and has lived to tell about it. (laughs) So Allie Martin, video producer and host, welcome to the show and please introduce yourself. Thanks for having me. First of all, this is so fresh. We're we're talking last week. Uh, (laughs) I made the pivot pivot and the shift, but it's also... I'll, like long overdue as we'll yeah. talk about it. It's months of prepping and, and planning. Um, but yeah, for, for you know, how long now? I've been doing so much video production, whether it's at a creative agency yeah. mm-hmm. um, or a print publication, producing events. Uh, I just recently left a news station mm-hmm. where I was a MMJ multimedia journalist and host for a lifestyle show. But I've kind of had the opportunity to dive into all things media, and which then led me to radio and in-game hosting for Xavier Basketball. And now I also have a podcast. So you're not it's just busy. like all of the, no, not busy <laughs> at all. Yeah, organization is really important. <laughs> yes, <laughs> titles are. Oh gosh, who knows what my title is? But we're working on that. <laughs> so very fresh. So as you yeah. hear, you will get the you know unedited, yes, very raw. raw. This is very raw. All right. So with all that set up, let's jump into the four steps to successfully making a career pivot and starting your own gig. The first one, ensure you're making your pivot because it's your greatest passion. You hear passion from Allie. We've talked passionately Mm -hmm. before about our pivots. This is that like deep down in your gut, can't ignore it, can't stop thinking about it, daydreaming all day and probably not being productive on other things about this one thing kind of feeling. This is not, I'm stuck in my current role, so-and-so's a freelancer and that looks fun, Uh, I don't know how to move up so maybe I'll just move on or I'm just really uninspired so why not just invent something for me to go and do. It is not that. And it requires so much self-reflection, being really honest with yourself about what you want, why it's perfect for you, and sometimes what you actually don't know how to do in order to get there. But Mm -hmm. it really is a very serious decision. It is not. Not all fun and games. We have tons and tons and tons of episodes, blogs, worksheets, all those things on building your personal brand that can help you get through this exploration. So please go check those out if you need to. And also, get in the right mindset overall. This is a marathon. It's not a sprint. There's going to be ups and downs. We will touch on a lot of those during this Mm -hmm. episode. And really, you want the downs because it helps you refine and optimize your offering. So when something doesn't go right, we talk a lot about how you often learn more from that than when things go swimmingly well. And so that's also important. But all of this is about getting your house in order through your mindset and the realization it's going to take time 
time, money, and energy, and are you and your family or significant other or just yourself really ready for what it's going to take to get there? And the final thing I will say, and then I will let Allie talk, is to get really clear on your why. So why are you doing this? We always talk about the three questions, who am I, how am I different, and why would you want me? That's what we're talking about here. So I will unleash Allie now and let into her the wild. Yeah, into the wild. <laughs> Baby giraffe has been led into the wild. <laughs> to talk about her perspective yeah. on all of this. Oh my gosh. I feel like it's so much to take in, right? Because the why can be so complex. And mm-hmm. I think our whys are ever building. Uh-huh. So one or all of all of these experiences that I've had, and we'll talk about them along the way, has really led me to my why of why I love connecting with people and I genuinely just love storytelling Mm -hmm. and there's something about giving other people a voice that just gives me goosebumps Mm -hmm. I get really excited Mm -hmm. about it because I don't know why people have always listened to me growing up I was like you can you can ask me questions and I can give you advice but I don't know if you should take it so (laughs) having the opportunity to say and to give other people a mic and to tell their story Mm -hmm. authentically is such a passion for me and then combine that with working with brands I think it's really exciting because Part of the build of what I've experienced career-wise is people who are super passionate about brands and entrepreneurship because mm-hmm. it's so complex and we're we get so passionate about you know we building do. a business that if I can also help someone you know expose themselves and to help their you know their voice and their message get out there is in a creative way is really exciting. I was to backtrack a little bit, I have a book of when I was in sixth grade when I was writing commercials. Ooh. I don't know if we've ever talked about that. (laughs) We have not. So, yes, that's like, what did you want to be in sixth grade? I want to be in advertising. I didn't know what that looked like (laughs) and what that meant, but I knew that I liked creative storytelling from the visual sense. Yep. Because I felt like I I could see things in picture. Like, that's how I think. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's... All of that fuels my why, but it brings such, you know, complex feelings of just passion and then you got to structure it all down and then here we are. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I think that (laughs) a a commercial book when you're six. Okay. I can't, I I can't be, I can't be that. (laughs) (laughs) I bet you do. Um, They're not great. We'll we'll talk about that later. (laughs) I can't beat that. Although I, I mean, I'm an engineer by background, yeah. and I do think I had some engineering s things like my brother's constructs and stuff like that, and making things. But I never had that kind of passion for engineering that I could say that I had, like you know, my six year old like constructs still erected or anything <laughs> like that. But um, I, I also want to like mention a, a, a moment about the word about passion too, because I think you know in the way we talk about it, and we get so excited about what we do. I think people sometimes feel like, well, if I don't have that excitement, then it's just not enough. And I would say that for me, more than passion, it was a calling. And I know they're kind of very, like, you know, two sides of the same coin, but... Like when I was leaving P and G, like I could see, you know, you know, looking looking into my like my back half of my career as I talked about, it, I was like, I just couldn't see like anything there that was going to make me happy and fulfilled yeah. mm-hmm. for the rest of my my days. And I couldn't find see if I could find that anywhere else. But I did have a calling to take what I had learned and to share it. So it's kind of yeah. similar to what you were saying about your, your storytelling and being able to like do that for others and yeah. do that in a really authentic way. But for me, I was like, I couldn't say, like, I was, like, super passionate about yeah. going out and, like, mm-hmm. you know, doing that. I mean, it's, it's it, it, so I was like, I just want to make, you know, people to kind of hear, like, there's, like, yeah. different, like, slices of that. So if you're not, like, like 
well, geez, this is, you know, I'd rather go be out golfing than I whether be out, you know, I well, would patch up for golfing versus like this. Con- yeah. There's pros and cons to every yeah. career and every, I mean, again, like video production, I have certain parts of the production aspect that I, uh, the process that I like more than others, you know, is editing my favorite? Probably not, but it's so satisfying in the end, but it's that, it's the, yep, it's that sure. off point. feeling. It's the work. It's the yeah. work. It's the off feeling though at the end of it, which is the human connection element when you see the reaction of what you know, a, a piece of the a story, the impact has. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the, it's that, that's the awe moment. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's yeah. well. And I think too, the way both of you are talking, the point is really that it's a very deep thing, right? Mm-hmm. So level yeah. of enthusiasm isn't necessarily the most important thing, but it's more, I mean, the answers are both on a human level, right? Mm-hmm. So you're mm-hmm. like, I love people and I love telling stories. You didn't mm-hmm. say I love shooting videos. Yeah. And you said, I just couldn't be happy where I was, right? Like, that's a deep Mm -hmm. human insight, compelling reason to go and do something. It's not like this moment in time, I'm a little bit unhappy this month type of thing. Absolutely right. Right. And so, and, and sometimes, because of the ups and downs, you don't always feel all rah-rah about whatever's going mm, no, on. No, sometimes like, so, what am I doing with my life? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, is this right for me? Yes. And then I take a step back and think, yeah, no, this is where I'm supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. And you're always checks and balancing mm-hmm. that, right, too. So that's the other point I want to make is you have to think through whether it's worth it. Yeah. Whatever decision you make, is it worth it to stay? It wasn't for you. Yeah, right, right. Is mm-hmm. it worth it to leave? It was. So that's what we're talking about. And listening, mm-hmm. I think, to people along the way is actually really important because then it goes back to in your self-evaluation yeah. of picking up what people are feeding back to you as yes. to if you are doing something that is well-received, what is that feedback? And take a note of that and or vice versa. You know, if there are yeah, some bumps so along well. the way. So yep. it's like, wait a second. Okay, people are... Telling me, for example, oh, I'm very authentic when mm-hmm. I'm interviewing people mm-hmm. or whatever that might be. It's like, okay, I've heard that way more than once. Mm-hmm. Why is that and how can I utilize that to, you know, my maximum ability? Yeah. 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 Yep. Well, and that leads actually really nicely into the next one here, which we called build a step-by-step plan for getting there. But I think it, it starts very early, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so... Even before you get to this step, there are things that you should be looking for. And we always talk about being open to it and how that kind of like turns your ears on in a different way, right? When you're seeking something, like you said, you start hearing the feedback and then all of a sudden, I mean, there have been points where I'm like, the universe is trying to tell me something because this is the 15th (laughs) time I heard this Mm -hmm. this week, right? I better start listening. So it's important to be pragmatic once you make the decision. But even before that... That there has to be a step-by-step way of getting there. Yeah. You make the decision. You can't just wake up the next day, quit your job, and be like, all right. You can, but what do you recommend it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can. I guess you can. That's, that's fair. <laughs> so you have to start to think about what does this actually mean in the real world, mm-hmm. I like to say. And so that's the plan, right? Everything that's worth doing in life is hard. Everybody always says that, right? There's always going to be moments. And the more solid plan you have for getting there, the better, the less oh shit moments actually yeah. <laughs> that you that you have. Um, and you really have to envision yourself in the role in order to build this step-by-step plan. Mm-hmm. So I think... Um, in order to make it your reality, you do have to do the reflection and then put down to paper, like, what does that actually mean I have to then go and do in order to get to whatever I want it to be? 
And that in and of itself can be overwhelming. So we say when you make the decision, just do one thing that gets you a step closer every day. Like Mm -hmm. I remember the day that I set up my LLC, right? It's Mm -hmm. exciting. And it was so exciting. But it was also like, like, did I fill this in right? Yeah. Well, yeah. So the anxiety is so – and luckily I come from a family of lawyers. So I had, you know, some friends looking over my shoulder, which wasn't – didn't actually make it for the best experience, but we got there. Too many cooks Um, in the kitchen. (laughs) So we, you know, but like that moment, I had built this up in my head as this really overwhelming thing. And then when I actually went to do it, I was like, oh, that was like a 15 minute thing. It's actually very easy. (laughs) It's very easy to do it. And so by breaking it down, the whole analogy of eating an elephant one bite at a time, right? When you make your step-by-step plan, just know that, again, it's not going to happen with a click of a finger. So... Mm -hmm. Make sure that you think about, okay, every day, what is the one thing I'm going to do so I don't hit a moment of paralysis? Mm -hmm. And then also knowing that your mood's going to shift up and down. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do on the days that you feel really great and gung-ho? That's usually the time to tackle the bigger things versus the days where you're like, I can't believe I did that. I left or I'm doing my own thing or I've made this decision. Then do the little like ticky-tacky things that only take a few minutes but continue to check things off. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, I'm 20 days in, I've done 20 things, it doesn't seem so insurmountable anymore. But I think it can be hard and overwhelming, even if you know what you want to do, you don't know how to do it. Nobody does when they go on their own. That's the whole point of this. So that step-by-step plan really helps to get you there. Oh, heck yeah. Well, and it's funny because you had mentioned, what are those day-to-day things Mm -hmm. you have to think about? And I think in the world of production too, so we'll use the the on-air hosting side of things, right? So jumping and diving into YouTube. Oh, everyone wants to do YouTube. Yeah. I hear this all the time, right? And like I do, I do video production for a living. Keep in mind, this is a week week ago in the last three years, and, and previously, I'm like, I still don't even have a YouTube channel. Yeah. yeah. And I think people see the glitz and the glam yes. of what television, YouTube, and everything can be. But when you break it down, you are literally producing videos you are talking in front of a camera Mm -hmm. you are articulating thought you are telling a story you are writing a script and that is just your production baseline and people sometimes forget that really good point but when it comes to creating a plan I kind of thought this through a little bit and feel free to comment as I go on this that my first you're in it I'm I'm so in the thick of it right now but if I were to I mean I started thinking about I mean I've always thought about going out on my own but for the last I'd say two years year and a half Mm -hmm. that's when it started to happen where I started to shift and think okay let's number one start with the pros and the cons what is my current job at the station giving me and what am I loving about it what I'm what am I not loving about it um and how do I want to move forward with that? And where do I specifically want to grow? And we'll talk about, like, strategy a little bit later, I think. So that was my number one is the pros and the cons. And then also my finances. Because mm-hmm. if yeah. I were to jump, not like I'm rolling in the dough working in media, am I saving? <laughs> and that's the hard reality check that people I don't think always do all the time. Mm-hmm. Where are you doing a budget? And are you looking at how much you spend? How many subscriptions do you have? How are you actually spending mm-hmm. your day and your time? Yep. Because the the money has to come in somehow. Yep. Um. So that that finance por- part of it then leads me to the second point of your network, like gathering your network, 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 network is everything, mm-hmm. right? So we reconnected and yep. you knew my video abilities, so which then I was able to help you out, but then also with my experience, why I made the strategic moves that I did was to expand my network and I was able to pull people along the way because then they were mm-hmm. able to see 
what I was able to produce yep. because at the root of it is still my ability to storytell. Yep. You have to have a good product. Yep. So showing it to as many people as I could, which then led me to like, okay, I need to start the LLC. Yep. I need to start setting up the business. And then you go into, you know, uh, the branding side of things, which I'm still kind of working out a mm-hmm. little bit because I think being in a creative space, it's you can have a strategy and you need to be smart about it. And I think time is a really great thing where it forces you to say, okay, hold up. These are my skill sets. This is what I'm known for. What are people telling me? And then how do I push that down and funnel it down into a simple brand? Yeah. Simplify, simplify, simplify. And then you move into the steps of like content calendar. And these are the days that I'm posting. And let's not overwhelm ourselves, Allie, by doing like (laughs) and YouTube and this and and also freelancing for everyone else. So that's kind of where my head has been at recently of step-by-step planning Mm -hmm. and, and where I'm at. And I think yeah. you're you're coming back to it, right? Yeah. So you just said, like, you reach out here, yes. and then you're like, oh, and we're putting our arms in the air, which no, none of you can see. Yeah. And then you come back to, okay, but I said I was going to do these things. And yes. then you're able to refocus. And I think there's a ton of that that happens. Yeah, yeah the actual day-to-day. Yeah. Yeah, and we do have um, a couple of deep dive worksheets, I think episodes five and six, right? They kind of go through some of the tactical things and then some of the other things like the brand building and the marketing strategy, those kind of step-by-step as well that helps you just kind of frame up what all those things could be. Mm -hmm. Um, So go get onto our website and our worksheets slide, uh, our worksheets tab, and you can see those there. But I want to go back to something that you said, Ellie, because I think it's super critically important to really kind of dig into the overwhelm, which is... Figure out what's the first thing that I could do in order to forward some of these bigger things. Like you had yeah. talked about, like video production at its core is storytelling, right? Mm-hmm. So, like for example, we, we we hear all this stuff all the time too. It's like, oh, I need to be on social. It's like, okay, do you? All right, fine. So mm-hmm. if you're gonna be on social, you're gonna need a social strategy. Well, I don't have that. Okay, so if you don't have a social strategy yet. You need to identify then who your consumer is. Well, okay, I don't know that. And I'm like, okay, well, if you're going to do your, you know, need to define your consumer, then you need to define, like, or go talk to, like, two to three people yep. that's going to help you define your consumer. Oh, I can go do that. Yeah. yeah. You know, so you just have yeah. to keep kind of breaking it down step by step by step into a thing that you could say, oh, I can do that right now. Yeah. And then you have your step process already built in to say, okay, once I understand, like, you know, interview a couple consumers, maybe I need yeah. to interview a couple more. Then I have my target profile. Then I can define my pillars for my communication strategy. Then, you know, I have yeah. maybe I can develop my social strategy from that. So the overwhelm starts to kind of like kind of dissipate a little bit because you can Simplify. take some action yep. right now that forwards it to that to that bigger overarching thing that you want to deliver and it doesn't feel so arbitrary because yeah. I think that's the other yes. thing sometimes too is like yeah. we we avoid the big things that feel like really big and we're just like um okay then you know what I'm just going to go google this something today yeah. I need you know, some new pens like, I really need yeah, new I need pens. a really new pens all right I need to sit in my office and I need to get like a new like plant or something so we tend to like do the easy things yeah. Yeah. versus like you know do the things that are actually really hard but if you could just break them down then they don't seem as hard okay yeah. that's yeah. all ooh that's always one of my favorite things because even down to a simple video or a simple post right talking like speaking of like videos and content specifically Mm -hmm. or if i'm out working with a client my like just at what is that that pinpoint message Mm -hmm. that you want to get people get across to people or what is that one thing that you want people to know Mm -hmm. and it really and it's so funny when i ask people that in interviews they're like oh that's a tough question yeah the amount of oh that's like because because that makes you funnel your thoughts into what is your why yeah well and that was the first question our business coach had asked me when i was getting ready to pivot and he said 
you need to articulate first what you sell. And what you sell and the way he articulated for me was like, if you lost your job tomorrow, which ironically ended up like actually coming to fruition yeah. <laughs> um, in, a, in, in the way he goes, he predicted the future. <laughs> yeah. He's like talking about universe talking. Um, he was like, what could you sell? What could you monetize? You know, and that was the first place that we started. And that really mm-hmm. kind of gets to a really clearly define like, what is the why? Now, the why has a little bit of a bigger impact that you're trying to deliver because we always say the why needs to have that emotional impact tied to what you do in addition but like it helps you to kind of like really fine-tune what is it that I sell that I like uniquely own like you were talking about that uh, the authentic storytelling so what is it about me my talents what mm-hmm. I know my experience yeah. my expertise that I can then go monetize against mm-hmm. and yeah. that is a really important piece to really drill down to and know very clearly yeah, and actually, we're we're bleeding into the next one. Oops, so sorry. as the owner of the, job. <laughs> of the conversation. Keep us on track. Let's just say, okay, so number three, start working through the steps of your plan. So business coach, all of those types of things. Mm-hmm. But we just talked about, okay, like I have what I would call kind of a roadmap, that step-by-step of of how I'm going to get there. Then it's important to start working through that. So we talked about doing something every day, but then you mentioned the word bucketing. And that's kind (laughs) Mm -hmm. of what we're talking about here. So those little tasks help you to start tackling things with more momentum mm-hmm. and then check those like leading like tackling you're like oh I'm now I'm checking off this thing up here which was all these steps I've now you know finished that one and so some of the tips we have here is some really simple things like you know having a calendar and not yeah. a social calendar but like an actual mm-hmm. calendar of Okay, on Mondays, I send three emails out. On Thursdays, I'm trying to have an in-person meeting with someone. Networking has been mentioned. Mm -hmm. That is huge. Get Mm -hmm. out and talk to people. Don't try to do all of this in your own bubble. But then set that calendar of things and keep up with whatever that cadence is and make sure that you're checking off that stuff too in addition Mm -hmm. to doing the bigger things, right? Because sometimes you need different kinds of stimulus and inputs and discovery in order to get the bigger answers. Mm -hmm. And so you can't do it by just doing these little things every single day. There has to be Mm -hmm. something that you're building too. And the other piece I would caveat and say here is it might feel like you're doing two jobs for a period of time. And, you know, Allie's nodding her head. I've been there. It is. I mean, it's not going to feel like you are. You are (laughs) doing two jobs for a period of time. And and that's part of that hard work that we talk about in that there are going to be moments you feel overwhelmed just purely because of that. And Mm -hmm. so recognize that this is a moment in time happening. This isn't going to be forever. And try to keep that perspective and also your energy and do the things at the right times stepping through your plan that help you continue to build the momentum versus subtract from where you are. Mm -hmm. And Anne mentioned coach, and that's why I paused because I knew you were going to talk about it here. Get a coach if you need one. Business Mm -hmm. coaches are huge right now. Mm -hmm. And I think it is so important because as you're trying to do this and we say don't do it alone, that business coach, you're paying them. So that right there incentivizes you to do it and it holds you accountable to actually whatever you sign yourself up for. If you're spending money on it and there's a person on the other end Mm -hmm. of the camera, phone, you know, whatever that you're talking to regularly, the last thing you want to do is have them be like, what have you been doing lately? Yeah. Right. And that helps you very specifically move forward. Mm Mm-hmm. Amen to that. Well, and again, it goes back to that Mm self-realization. How much are you willing to analyze your day-to-day? And then then critically thinking through what are those moments that I'm at my best and what are those moments when I'm at 
my worst? Yeah. And how do I counter? How do I counter the, the worst moments? And and say okay, if I'm in a mentally a bad place right now, does that mean I literally need to get up and go for a run? Yeah. Sometimes you do. Mm-hmm. You have to stop yeah. what you're doing and re-energize yep. and recharge yep. yourself, or call a friend or whatever it might be, just to get back into the mojo. Yep. Rather than staying depressed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't stay there. Those no. Those be those nomads for sure. I I also would like. If you need to outsource, that's the other thing yeah. too. It's like it's about getting into business coach, but it's also strategically using investment dollars on things that are just not worth your time to do. So, for example, and April's going to laugh at this one. Um, I took a stab at our initial website, which was actually more of like a landing page. April's face is like, God, <laughs> yeah, <you> yeah. <laughs> She's like, you know, we have people who do that, and I was like, well, I'm just kind of straining some time. We're getting yeah. ready to go to event. I'm like, I wanted to have something up there. And so she tolerated it, but, you know, it wasn't, like, great. So, you know, we invest in, like, our guys doing our website for us because yeah. we wanted it to look a certain way. And and I think that's you know something that people kind of get stuck in is, like, you know, they're trying to save money. And you, you should. I mean, you have to be mm-hmm. very mindful of that. But then they try to do everything themselves, and they get really stuck in yes. all of the executional details, like building a website like or putting up their, their social stuff or, like, managing their finances. I'm yep. like – there's tools and there's people that can do these things for you to actually like open up space and time mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for you to do other things. And the way that we kind of um, look at it, April and I do, is like if we can pay somebody less money than what we can make, then that is a good bargain. So mm-hmm. if we're spending an hour, you know, make you know making all these kinds of calls and you know and and, and like right now we just hired um, Laura to do like all of our facilitation for our guests. She's like, if we're spending like an hour doing that, we're spending an hour not generating business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And Laura's amazing, you know, and and she's so incredibly helpful and she opens up so much capacity for us. Mm-hmm. And so we can pay her to go do that while we can do other things to help move our business forward. Mm-hmm. And those are you know, hard decisions to make. But what I've talked to every entrepreneur, every freelancer, they said, we, I totally wish I would have done that earlier. Yeah. Right? Know your strengths and know your weaknesses. Yeah. yeah. Fill in the holes with where your weaknesses are with, and don't be afraid to ask for help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and you said before, you know, you have to really take a hard look at your finances. It's yeah. hard to spend money when yeah. you're not making money. When like, hey, can you build me a website? Oh, and some people are like, it's going to cost ten grand. Well, that's not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> but then you should consider value exchanges, yeah. right? You know, yeah. So what kind of value can you offer somebody else in Trade. order for ex- yep. yeah, in exchange for something that they can provide for you? And that works really well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a good point. Yeah, so those are always there's always ways of being able to I think make it work, um, and sometimes you just have to bite the bullet and do it yourself and put up something. <laughs> well, and it's more than so some something to a point. But... And April's like, this I don't, is I not don't good brand so who recognition. Wants to build my website. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Call me. <laughs> Putting my prompt out there. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to number four. Uh, set overall goals and key milestones. So we've kind of built it as we've gone, right? Like you, you have the moment, mm-hmm. you'd make the decision, and then you start to gradually do things. This is where you really start to think about the bigger things. Mm-hmm. And Anne loves to always talk about how things should be time-bound in nature yep. and that they should be very defined from a deliverable basis, like what is the actual thing that you're going to do. That advice really definitely holds here. Because I think um, there are moments, like we said, where you start to procrastinate or you get nervous. And that's where you can't let that start to distract you. So whether you go out for a run or you go and talk to someone or whatever it is you decide to do, 
do those things with intention and understand that you're doing them so that you can get to these bigger milestones. But don't let yourself chicken out. Mm -hmm. Um, And don't start to let those milestones slide because that's where you can have dangerous situations where you have too many of those moments. And originally you'd said, you know, by the end of year one, I'm going to make $50,000. I want three clients and I want to be able to focus more on video production, let's say. And then all of a sudden you get to the end of the year and it's like, well, I only made 10 grand. I only secured one client. Can I really feasibly continue to do this? Right. Mm -hmm. So it's about making sure that you have things to hold you accountable as, you know, periods of time in addition to the physical things that you're doing, um, like building your website, all of that kind of stuff. Um, And so I will give my example here, which was my overall was I wanted to have something in place for about six months that was my overlap period of time Mm -hmm. that I gave myself I knew that I was going to give the agency I was at two months notice and volunteer to work during that time so that gives you about an eight month right trajectory Mm -hmm. to do this with the intention of ending the year with a clean break so that set a very specific calendar Mm -hmm. for me Mm -hmm. of that big picture milestones that then I could back and say, okay, what does it take to get there? Mm-hmm. And make sure that every time one of those milestones hit, I was really truthful with myself about whether I was in a place that I was continuing to build and was going to be able to get to that get ultimate ready goal to pivot. of leaving. Right, yeah. exactly. Um, and also, like, we've talked about the universe, and I, I just, mm-hmm. you know, not that we want to get overly spiritual on the show or anything like that, but I really do think when you open yourself up, stuff just starts to happen. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so for me, declare it. Timing, I mean, it's just crazy. Mm-hmm. If you're really, if your eyes are open and you're paying attention, I mean, yeah. we had a client, it, like, came across my desk really oddly where I, like, caught it, like, almost like someone was passing a paper yeah. of this opportunity, right? And it was quickly met with, like, oh, we then you know, they don't have enough money, we're not doing it, whatever. And I was like, huh. And then literally an hour later, someone that I had worked with, like, 10 years before reached out to me and said, Whoa, hey, this client needs somebody and I'm like I just saw that name on one right. of our things and so I went back to the new business person like, Allison yeah, yeah, and I was yeah. like are we officially declining this and she said yes and so I reached back out and said to be really clear are you asking me as a participant at this agency or are you asking yeah. me and he's like well I heard you're leaving and oh, I know wow. it came through your agency and now I'm calling you because I heard you're leaving do you want to pitch the business and that was my biggest client for the first two years on wow. my own I mean, just crazy. And it was like yeah. right after I had one of those moments where I was like, I just quit. What did I do? Right? Yeah. And I was like, no, this is going to work out. Are we out. ready? I think we're ready. This, I'm not yeah. sure. We're, I'm going to do it. And then, I mean, literally, I signed that before oh I officially my God, left I my so job. Yeah. Right? It's amazing. I feel that so hard because from a bigger picture, like I'll go a little bit more micro level about my specific transition now, but from a bigger picture, like I when I started at Curiosity mm-hmm. with you, April, yeah. it was one of those things that... You know, I knew I wanted to be in that creative space. I knew I liked, again, the writing. But I was still so young, so I'm figuring it out myself. And I pitched to, I pitched, like, hire me. I could do this, you know. <laughs> God bless you guys did hire me. <laughs> like, hey, can you animate this? And I'm like, sure. And I figured it out. And we got past the show the first year. So that was great, you know. So two years of that. And, and I knew in that moment, though, right, so your, your strategy and, and pivoting foresight, I knew... I love I like I love chocolate milk and plumbing, but 
you know, so many of those videos only go so far. And yeah. I knew that I, I knew I, I wanted to work with more people. Yeah. I knew I wanted more marketing experience. I knew I wanted to be more embedded with the community more, like most importantly, and build that network. Yeah. So then that's where I started to do that self-reflection of, okay, again, the universe works in funny ways. Was dating someone at the time who knew someone who worked at City Beat and like I get passed along and next there thing I go. know, I'm the event director over there. Did mm-hmm. I really know how to produce events? Not really. Did I figure it out? Totally. Like, did I fail <laughs> at certain points and like have to drive all the way up to Columbus the day before an event to get a liquor license? Yes. But it worked out. <laughs> and the party was still rocking. But so that you know, strategizing in that sense too of understanding what are the skills that you want to yeah. continue to build and learn. And I knew I was getting a good production foundation the first job, but I knew I wanted to work more on the marketing, like mm-hmm. s- sponsorship, pitching side, like sales side, community side, network side. And then, universe being really funny, but also being prepared, I updated my website. So everyone, make sure if you have good work out there and you're a creator, have your website up to date, whatever it is. It doesn't need to be the most, like, immaculate. Just keep it simple. Wix it. Squarespace it. Whatever. April. Just keep it. And I had my website up to date with my content. And then next thing I know, ring, ring, I get a phone call from WCBO. I was like, hey, this is the sales director, like. Do you have a second to talk? I'm like, oh, crap. I'm at City Beat. I'm grabbing a pen, like writing everything on my arm in the hallway. <laughs> By the end of the conversation, I'm like, wait, so is this for a full-time gig? And he goes, yep, we need you to come in for a screen test. Next thing you know, I'm like, I have no on-air experience. I'm like, that's fine. You'll be working with Clyde Gray. Like, he'll teach you everything you need to know. I was like, okay, here we go. And I went in, and but they they liked because I was prepared. They, they yeah. saw my work ahead of time, mm-hmm. and I was able to differentiate myself across other people like other reporters because they didn't have the commercial production background Mm -hmm. working with brands and agencies but that's also what they were looking for for that role so fast forward you know three years your deadline is a little different because mine is an actual contract so I signed (laughs) a three-year contract Mm -hmm. they wanted me to re-sign again but July 15th was my last day so then I knew I had to prepare and hit kind of those milestones but at the same time the universe works in really funny ways where I was building clients along the way and there were certain people who I met via my job Mm -hmm. that were like we we want you to do more work for us and I have client like clients on retainer and that's why I was able yep to jump and able to pivot because just I put it all out there oh and that's the other thing when you do whatever you do do it to your best ability mm-hmm. I don't care what it is and you might be overwhelmed and overworked but remember that your name is on the line yep so even though I might have been frustrated producing six or seven segments in a week which is like unheard of I still put my heart and soul in every single one of those because mm-hmm. my name was on that from beginning to end yep and that's what's kept me afloat. And that's mm-hmm. why I was able to pivot. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's it's a really fantastic story. Um, and I, I think the point that you made that I want to put a little bit of a bow on is that, especially around 
goals and milestone planning is mm-hmm. it's part perspiration, it's part inspiration. Yeah. Right. We talked yeah. a lot about the the universe calling, and we also talked about being intentional and setting mm-hmm. our our Strategic. goals and our milestones. And that is so critically important because a lot of times what we hear is people lean one way or the other, yeah, right? Yeah, that's so true. You know, so they're either like, oh, I'm just going to see what kind of comes, you know, my way. And I'm not going to really have a timeline <laughs> that on that. so much anxiety. Yeah, and, and you're like, okay, fine. But how do you know you've made it? Like, how do you know, like, that it's working? People aren't going to be knocking on your door if yes. you haven't built a foundation for, yeah. Exactly. So you have to have something in mind for what you want to achieve when. But then some people are so far on the other side that it's so rigid. It's like, well, if I didn't achieve this on this day, then I failed, yeah. right? And I think that we're really important point I want to make here is that when you don't meet your milestones or your goals, it's an opportunity to evaluate and recalibrate, right? Because that's all that means. Because sometimes when we're starting out, we have no idea. Me and April set a bunch of goals for this year. We're like, is this possible? Are we delusional? We're like, we don't know. Mm -hmm. We had to set something. And I think Mm -hmm. that's the thing that we see a lot is that people just avoid setting anything because one, they're not sure what to set or two, they're afraid if they don't achieve it, then they somehow failed. But but that's that's good though. It's supposed to. You need to to give yourself that. You don't want to fail, but you need to give yourself that space space to fail. And that's in my life, in this very moment, that's exactly where I am, where I feel like, knock on wood, I've been over, I've been pretty you know, successful at what I've been able to do, but I want to take a stab at the business side and I want to learn that side, but I also want to, I want to be in this space where I potentially could fail. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's scary. I hope I don't, you know, I hope I'm successful and I, I need to also have those goals like everybody else to hold yourself accountable. Yeah. So if you need to pivot, you can pivot. Yeah. yeah. On top of your pivot. Space. Yeah. On, on top, top of, of your pivot. Cartwheels, right. whatever which, it is. <laughs> which we had to do like, yeah, yeah, yeah. several times. And But that's data. I mean, yeah. you have to have the data. You yeah. have to have those moments where you kind of reflect. And you have to do it in, in, in a bit of a non-emotional way. Mm-hmm. Just be like, okay, this is what it is. What oh. do I want to do now? That's where the passion can get in the way. That's Sometimes where the passion is. It's like, oh, it's great that you're so passionate about mm-hmm. what you do. And you obviously care about your brand or your service and your business. But... You're losing now sight of the numbers and yeah. what's stopping yeah. and, and yeah, you're you're blindsided right it's now. You, you it's have your balance. Yeah. 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 It's exactly what the you're blinders are. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we have talked a lot. So that's the that's our first section. So just to recap, <laughs> the four steps to successfully making a career pivot into being a freelancer. Number one, ensure you're making a pivot because it's the greatest passion. Don't just do it because you're in a bad place. Build a step by step plan for getting there to make it feel manageable and real. Start working through the steps of your plan as soon as the plan is finished to gain momentum and build your confidence. And finally, set overall goals and key milestones. So make sure as you're doing work every day on your plan that there's a bigger vision in your mind to what you actually want to achieve. And even if you don't achieve them, like we just said, Mm -hmm. you still are doing things to work toward the bigger picture. Are you craving a deeper dive immersion into the topics on our podcast? Then you will appreciate our virtual consultancy. Located on the shop page of our website, forthright-people.com, you can now download our digital coaching modules on vigilant leadership, culture building, and social strategy. For the cost of a book, you will get diagnostic tools and exercises to assess your current state and development tools to quickly and intentionally improve your proficiency. These are quick yet effective ways to improve your marketing savvy today. Check it out and let us know other topics you would like us to go deep on. 
So next, we have our next segment in the trenches, and this is where we give those real-world examples specific to industries and situations, but with broad applications so that anyone listening can digest and put them into action. So the first one we have here is, and we've talked a lot about our journey so far, but Mm -hmm. each of you have been on the journey of a pivot. What was the easiest and hardest part for each of you? So I will go first. I will say for me, the easiest actually was tackling the work. So I was coming off of just building a team of 14 people as well as starting a strategy practice at the last agency I was at. So I got to cut my teeth by actually starting my own thing within somebody else's thing. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I had a lot of confidence in what I was able to do there. And really the big reason for leaving is because I was being limited by the size of the company, right? So that was a good indicator that if I could take a step back and build something that was more functional and didn't want to be that big guy, I, you know, I could do that. So that part really was not hard. And I just have to be, had to build all the offerings. How is this work going to happen? I had to bring on, along a lot of people that had never done this before. So that felt like very practiced and, and ready to go. On the other side, the hardest things for me, honestly, even though I had been half of my time had been spent doing account management from the entirety of my career, was all those little things that I didn't know about becoming an entrepreneur. So mm-hmm. I like I mentioned Business the LLC side. thing yeah. before. Like I just I hated that. I had no idea what to do with taxes or accounting, how to pay myself, what type of company <laughs> I should Which be. Which is I'm laughing because that's what April does for our business. She yeah. does all the accounting oh, no, and finance. No, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And so notes from you. Yeah. And so luckily I had a team of family members who one who's a financial advisor and then two lawyers. So between all of us, we got it taken care of. Um, But those things just gave me like so much weird anxiety. Mm -hmm. And like I was saying before about blowing it out of proportion in your head, if you don't have a plan, that's what I was doing. I would let myself be paralyzed. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so finally, when I just was like, guys, I I need help. Mm -hmm. We were able to collectively sit down and figure it out and honestly like we have some coaching clients now that are just getting off the ground and like those are the the things right yeah. they're just like I have no idea like you know what to do in those situations so in any case I don't I look back and I laugh about it but it keeps happening to other people and so I have yeah. to think that like there's something to all of that and so I would just say know that's going to happen, be mm-hmm. ready for it, and then just get it done as fast as you can. Don't let it just marinate. <laughs> Man, I can easily piggyback off of that. I'll go, I'll do my hardest first because that's exactly, it's literally <laughs> yeah. where I am right now because we are, yes. we, I am pivoting as we are having this conversation in this moment. And it's getting all of those, the, the papers together, the yep. business side of things. That is still very foreign to me. Um, and again, it's, I don't want it to paralyze where I'm mm-hmm. at. I know it's so crucial and I'm just very thankful that I have people along the way who are like, Hey, you should talk to this person yeah. or you should talk mm-hmm. to that person. And so then it's just starting that conversation, um, and, and trusting and just doing yeah. and not stopping. So yep. I'm in that boat and then crazy enough, honestly, it's like a little bit of that self-confidence is sometimes hard to, to push through because it's like, oh my gosh, do I have imposter syndrome? You know, yep. every, yep. We're all, any entrepreneur is crazy. So that it's like, do I belong? Am I good enough? <laughs> so, and then having my friends who are like, just put no, it out there. stupid. Just like, go, you need to be doing this. You're on the right path. You're on the right journey. And it sounds crazy, but, you know, bringing people into your life, which then actually will pivot into my, uh, pivot into my easiest side of things is actually my, my network and my friends have been, mm-hmm. have been really, really, 
just incredible and encouraging. And that has made it easier for me to then counter the hard side of the self-doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, because the, then, which piggybacks on the easy, the easier side for me is the production Mm-hmm. I mean, because I, I, at this point in time, I feel like I could do it in my sleep. I've yep. shot in every single environment, you know, especially through my last gig that you could possibly think of. So that the production side is my easiest side and just the, the people side of things. Yeah. Yeah, I would say um, my easiest was articulating what I was going to sell because like mm-hmm. you, I've been I was like basically mm-hmm. – deciding that and defining that for the last two years. I was going to say you were in the machine. I was in the machine. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, you were really good at that. (laughs) But I was, I actually, and I've said this before, but like just to bring Bill context, I created my own role for myself because I saw this opportunity. And that actually, like I say, I'm very honest about that ended up being my demise because when the machine took back over (laughs) and they said, hey, you know that role you created for yourself? Yeah. It's It's not part of the machine and it never really was. But, you know, but it did help me to actually be able to find the insights that became Mm -hmm. what I um, built my foundation on, which was brand management, but all about cultivating brand love and taking it to that next level and that emotional um, connections that that consumers have with brands, which makes them become big and iconic brands, right? So that traveled, and I knew very clearly that's what I was really good at. Like, yeah. I knew that that's how the how I make connections and 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 how I could get people to kind of see the potential of their businesses. So that I knew, I, I I knew that when I left. The hard part, aside from leaving the six figure paycheck, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which and all the was not easy, <laughs> not easy whatsoever. Still to this day, a tad bit difficult, but um. The hardest part was convincing other people they needed it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this was like such a like obvious thing for me being in that brand machine that when you got out of the brand machine, people were like, What are you talking about? That's for big brands. That's mm-hmm. for, you know, that's for when I'm 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 bigger and I'm scaling and I'm oh. I I'm down the line and stuff. It's like you guys don't realize you need branding now. Now. Yeah. Well it's like don't waste your time and your energy and don't invest in who knows what if you're not able to funnel and through that exactly that, yeah. yeah but the, the amount of people i talked to that really had no like really deep conception of that mm-hmm. or was like thought that it was important or a priority i'm like you have got to be kidding me yeah. i'm like was i so insulated in yeah. this culture company? shock for you it was <laughs> it, it was it was it was such a culture shock and so it became a huge flywheel that i was building because i had to educate as well as try yeah. to get business and do and that was actually like more of a struggle than I thought it was going to be mm-hmm. um, now I had some really fantastic clients that I was able to get right away that helped me get the ball rolling but um, it was like yeah very tenuous I was like what did I do so then I that was why it led me writing the book so at least I'm like I had the book in order mm-hmm. for a reference I'm like here read the book and then we'll talk yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know and that's been, and that's been more of a marketing tool than it's been like a you know it was never intended to be a bestseller it was intended to be a marketing tool to use to like so people could understand the philosophy for yeah. which that I think about brand building and that's been very useful mm-hmm. um in order to be kind of like the cornerstone of a lot of the stuff we talked about but cuz i imagine fine. you see a lot of people who are like i have all these great ideas or i want to do this product or whatever and then it just kind of stops there and they don't know what to do after that. Yeah, yeah or it just stays a product. I mean, we talk about yeah. that a, a lot. Yeah. Where it's just about generating revenue off of a product, but not really developing it into a brand. But because 
in this day and age, the world is mm-hmm. so small. Mm-hmm. I mean, somebody sees what you're doing, they're going to copy it. Yep. And they can copy it very quickly. So you better create that brand connection yep. because that is going to be your differentiating factor. The impact you have on people's lives is going to be your differentiating factor. That's it. That's I mean, it. Yep. so um, hmm. if you don't develop that, you're going to have a commodity and you're going to be kicked off the superhighway. Yeah. But I mean, I, I don't... I. I really, I agree with you. I don't understand when people don't understand, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I still feel like we run into that that problem all the time. All the time, and it's like, well, how are you actually going to be different then, right? And and it feels so yeah. obvious to From, us and, and entrepreneurs, and maybe that's just our creative mindset and like people driven mindset. Hence, like why we do marketing. But even um, with our podcast for When Pigs Fly, talking with entrepreneurs and some of. Like researchers, right? They'll they'll do a bunch of research mm-hmm. in the hopes of discovering something to mm-hmm. maybe produce yep. a product yep. that will then maybe solve a problem. Like, wait a second, what? Yeah. It feels yeah. like you're wasting a lot of energy yep. and you're doing a lot of work. And where are we going with this? Yeah. You know, research is important, data is important. But can't be all of it. Yeah, you can't do it all. Yeah. So I yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. <clears throat> yeah. All right, well, let's move to In the Trenches number two. And this one just makes me laugh. And we, we've talked a lot about this, too, but this will be a good discussion. How do I know if I will be good at this oh, new career post-pivot? Which you don't. How do you <laughs> define that? How do you be like, good know. at? I'm still surviving. I mean, we still have our house. We still have. Yeah. My lights are still on, so that's good. <laughs> Um, and that, you know, Ali, you mentioned like the anxiety and you're right oh, in the middle of yeah. it. Right. And it is hard to be your own cheerleader, especially mm-hmm. when things are not, you know, fantastic or you're working through some of these hard things that shouldn't be so hard. There's all, all kinds of things that happen. Mm-hmm. Right. But I think if you go back to the moment when you made the decision and you think through that lens, there's a reason that you made the leap. And so a lot of times when I get this question, I'm like, well, first of all, let's just reflect on the fact that you did it. And how mm-hmm. many people out there have dreams or things that they wish that they had done and they never, ever did it? So there was enough in you. Yeah. Oh, and my favorite word is gumption, which Anne makes, yeah. makes fun of me for. I love the word Hutzpah. gumption. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's another one. Um, just like funny words. I don't know how to spell that, so that won't show up in anything. <laughs> it will not be in the, in the description. Yeah, in the descriptions. <laughs> but, you know, you have that in you to go and do it, right? Yeah. And so I think that, like, being able to go back to that confidence because I always coach people to say the hardest moment is actually that moment Mm -hmm. or the biggest decision you make is that decision. And so if you think about that, everything else should get easier. And and you made that big leap for a reason, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you followed all the way through and you can say, check the box on all this stuff and I did all this hard work, you are already good at it is really my answer to it, right? Mm -hmm. And so just because you don't know all the answers or you're having to do more things at certain times that you aren't comfortable with, Mm -hmm. that's all part of the reason you did it in the first place. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I mean, I still, I just think it's so funny because it comes up so often, like, how do I know if I'll be good at it? You know, we never 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 know. know. It's a little Mm -hmm. bit of like also going with your gut. And I know that sounds very cliche, but your gut is usually right. Yeah. Um, and I mentioned this before. The icing on the cake for me is I was also I would constantly be bouncing and throwing the idea of me leaving off like to a lot of people yep. as I'm shooting, as I'm shooting, as I'm doing stories and who, yep. people watching, friends, yep. family. And and the yep. overwhelming response was 
do it, do it, you should do it, you'd be great, you'd be great, you'd be great. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so great. I hear this. Yep. You know, you don't want to get an ego either out of it. So yeah. you got to check yourself, but then that's where all your natural self-doubt. Yeah. Like, oh my God, I actually have to pivot. That'll bring you down real quick. <laughs> um, but having that feedback was actually yeah. really helpful. Mm-hmm. If you can yep. if you can throw those ideas and bounce that off of people just to see what the reaction is. Yep. And that was extremely helpful for me. And then understanding the industry that you're in. Yeah. Because I think how much time, for me personally, how much time and energy am I producing you know, putting into something that I don't own, which I, as April, I like control and I don't do great with authority. So I'm like, I already know I'm like, I I used to tell my mom as a kid, like, you're not the, you're not the boss of me, mom. So like it was bound to happen at some point in time. We're having moments in our house right now where my two year old has taught me to say, Hey mom, relax. Whoa. You're not, you're not the boss of me. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That was entrepreneur in the making. And that was just like knowing yourself. So it was a little bit of like okay I know myself there I'm getting good feedback but then I'm also seeing the change in the industry and realistically like following the dollars Mm -hmm. a little bit you know I I'm media is a tough industry to be in yep but the fact that I have the skill sets to shoot produce write and edit and I'm producing all this content for someone else which is fine I had to go through it or I wouldn't be where I am and get your network so grateful for it so grateful for it but I would rather take a stab at it to see if I can also do it on my own in the digital world, which also pivots a little bit back to what we were talking about before. That's another thing I want to check off the box is if I've done agency life, print publication and events, um, news, radio, mm-hmm. podcasting, digital production. Yeah. Let's just mm-hmm. check them all off the box. Yeah. At least, and I could fail, but at least I could say I tried, you yeah. know? Yeah. But I don't think I'm going to fail. I'm not going <laughs> to fail. <laughs> not gonna, no. We're well, here to tell you you're not. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's my, and that's a great segue to what I was going to say is like, when you think about if you're going to be good at it, you have to believe you can be good at it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's so, like, it seems so easy to say, but it's actually, like, the mm-hmm. personal declaration of, like, I can do this. It's very mm-hmm. athletic mentality, too. Right? It is. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you can visualize it. It's like, I can do this. Mm-hmm. And I, But I also think it's also defining about what good means. So for mm-hmm. me, it was like, I'm, I'm living life on my own terms. Like, I'm living yeah. my career mm-hmm. on my own terms. We are doing what we want to do. It is all within our sphere of control. Like, I want a glass of wine at 4 o'clock and answer some emails. Bring it. Um, <laughs> and it's a Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, she knows a little bit more too she much about too us much than about we us. have. Yeah. <laughs> okay. that, 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 we that, swear we have water in front of us right now. <laughs> yeah, we, we do for now. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it is that, like, that mentality of, like, okay, what does good at it mean? Like, yeah. am I making, you know, like, you know, the, the, the six-figure paycheck, you know, yeah, what no. does success literally? What does yeah. success mean to For you? Well, yeah. yeah, and that's so such a hard and, that, and that's a good. I mean, like, but I'm I'm living on that. My terms. Are, we're still going on some nice vacations. We're mm-hmm. still having like a really nice house. We're still making home. But like, we're doing. We're like, our life doesn't feel horribly compromised. Mm-hmm. You know, in with respect to the fact that it, it's not a corporate life, it's right? Different. It's yeah. Different. So like, I think that that is a really important thing to like, you know, really understand is that like success and being good at it is not necessarily mm-hmm. all about. The money generated, mm-hmm. yeah. right? It's about reframing what like good looks like, yeah. and then also just kind of considering what's the worst case scenario. I'm like I, I'd said like, well, if this doesn't work, I'm just gonna go find another job. Yeah, yeah. I mean, exactly. I, 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 I have when that. you put it in that context, it's yeah. like, yeah, okay. And at the end of the day, I think it's almost more appealing for employers to say, oh, okay, wait, you actually went out and you tried this on your own because yeah. you're bringing back now a different bucket of skills. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, and you know, some people are like, okay, well, that gives everybody an out. 
and it's better to burn the you know the ships at the dock and stuff. I'm like, you know what? Why? Yeah. I'm like, why do I need to do that? Like, you know, yep. <laughs> the thing is, is like I also prepared for the pain. Like yeah. I consumed yeah. every single podcast. I read every single business mm-hmm. book. I did it all just so I can understand all the people who've gone before me, mm-hmm. what they had to endure. So when it was like, you know, a start and a stop and all those things are things, I was like, oh, this happens to everybody. Other people it's not it. just yep. me, you yep. know? And there you have to kind of keep on grinding. You have to keep on like hustling because, you know. Moving. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. Just keep, keep moving. going. Yeah. It's like Nemo. Yeah, just, just keep swimming. <laughs> that was on at the eye doctor with my kids this morning. Very fresh in my mind. Um, yeah, so I do want to move on. But I also do think it's important to state that you have to define what being good at means, mm-hmm. right? Like that's kind of the point of the discussion we just had. And I myself had a lot of baggage, a lot more than I ever would have thought, tied to the salary that I made after I left. Be and very consumed in, in that mm-hmm. right now space. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and yeah. then we had last year which wasn't great with covid just like everybody and i was like i learned more this mm-hmm. year i was happy despite the situation we were in i grew more than i'd grown in very Start many years you're challenging yourself yeah it's and and i was like yeah. oh maybe it doesn't matter that i didn't hit that figure that was in my head right so yeah. i think that's the whole you know the be be good at it and then also don't be afraid to change or be good at it, right? Mm, because yeah. for me, it was very financially tied the first couple of years, and I met my numbers, but I was more fulfilled last year. So there you go. Mm-hmm. All right. So number three, how do I go about getting business once I make the pivot? And we've talked a lot about setting yourself up for success. That definitely holds true here. We've also talked about reinvigorating your network. That also mm-hmm. holds true here. Um, and Allie has talked a lot about asking, right? And mm-hmm. yours was more in the context at first of asking for feedback, right? But yeah, yeah. you've built a network of referrals and business and you don't know unless mm-hmm. you ask, right? Yeah. And so there's a lot of preparation to be done. And we've talked a lot about that. That definitely applies here. Don't just go clean slate and be like, I'm going to go get this giant client tomorrow. Doesn't it work doesn't work that way at all. Um, but put yourself out there. You're going to have to do it more than ever. Your name is on it. Be like we've talked nose. about it. Mm-hmm. Be ready for no's. Don't let that sink your ship. Don't let it make you stop. Um, but you have to get good at insulating yourself almost as yourself versus the business that you're selling and that that mm. rejection or acceptance isn't directly tied to your worth as a person mm, um, and making sure that you think about the context of where and when and what you're asking from a business perspective. So I think, um, you know, for me, the biggest learning was that the business didn't come from my direct network but mm-hmm. it came from people I met from my direct network. Mm. And so I think early on I thought, oh, this is going to be so easy because I'm going to do all this work for other folks that are at different agencies. And and I did a good portion of that. Mm-hmm. But I also realized I didn't want to just be that type of freelancer. I wanted to actually build my own business. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't do only that work or I wouldn't be able to do that. But then also, I mean, like look at last year, right? We hit hard times and those businesses can't afford to have me because they can't even keep everybody employed that's there in the business, right? Yeah. But I have made more new connections and worked with more people that I didn't know before 
than any of those people that I knew in the beginning. And so I think it's being open, doing the groundwork to like kind of lay that trail and let people know you're doing it, what you're doing it, staying in front of them in a non-aggressive or annoying way, Um, asking when you would like connections, but asking from people that you have stayed connected with. And this is Anne's big pet peeve, right, of just cold calling someone you haven't talked to in 10 years and asking them to refer you to whatever. Um, But business just, I mean – Again, when you're open to it, it comes. It's not going to look like what you thought it looked like. I can promise you that. And you just have to really focus on being clear about what you do and asking for it from the right people, I think. And producing mm-hmm. a good product, right? Yeah. Like, at the end of the well, day, yeah. it's mm-hmm. like yes. you have to have a good your name's product. On it, like yeah, you said. Name, you're, you're, yep. You have to have a good product or service or whatever it is at the end of the day because – you know, if it's not good, no one's going to want to buy it from right. you. Or come back. Or come or back or whatever things. it is. Yep. So, And yep. then it's that element of selling. I think everyone should experience that at some point Absolutely. in time because it's very difficult, but you have to be able to sell yourself. And I remember one of the account executives at WCPO, God bless her, and she's so true. It's so true where I'm in this position where I'm kind of like 50-50, where I'm 50%, well, I'm all on, I'm like always video production, but yep. part of that, like I said, is branding and marketing yep. and working with other other brands. And then the other half of me, which I want to keep growing on and expanding on, is the hosting yep. YouTube side of things, the, the, the video, uh, like social media side of things. But that social media, YouTube side of things, she goes, your biggest challenge is going to be selling mm-hmm. because... I am my product, I am myself, but then it's also the video production side of things. So mm-hmm. that's going to be an interesting challenge right now of getting business in that sense. I'm just thankful that I have the network, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean that everyone's going to buy into it right away. No. So, mm-hmm. I, yeah, and, and I think I'm in still in this process right now of getting business. I'm just fortunate that I've been able to scout the people appropriately and drop Plant the seed. Yeah. That was the other thing. Like planting that seed to say, hey, I am going to be jumping. Um, If you need anything, let me know. Mm -hmm. Here's my personal email. So even in those small moments and just putting those feelers out there to see what the feedback is and to say, hey, don't forget about me and check in. Yeah. Make sure you check in. You don't need to be obnoxious about it like you said. But just loop in and be like, hey, do you need – Yep. just want to check in. you have any video needs coming up in the pipeline? Yep. Willing to be flexible. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a couple of um, things that really helped me initially, because you're right, where you think the work's going to come from, it did not come from there. And then I think also the thing is, is that you have to reestablish your credibility and your reputation independent of where you came from. That was like one of the biggest surprises Mm -hmm. for me was that. I thought I was going to jump PNG and everybody was going to want me. And I was like, wait. <laughs> so like, I have the cleanest a... tied shirt in town. Exactly. I'm like, yeah, Can't I you mean, tell? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but you know what? I'm like, it, but I, I found out very quickly. It's like, well, that's great when you're in the machine. Now that you're out of the machine, you need to show that you are able to do this independently without your full team. Um, you need to develop the relationships and people weren't calling me back and everything. I'm just yep. like, what is going oh, on yeah. here? So what I found was um, a couple of, of ways to help kind of open the door was one to offer value, like an immediate element of value, and more probably more than what I would normally 
do. Yeah. yeah. But like I had nothing to lose at the at the beginning part. Right. It was like this was all just about kind of getting, you know, the, the flywheel going. So offering something of value, whether it was like, hey, I'll do, you know, your social strategy or let me like do your marketing strategy. Like, let me just do something to show you what I can do. And that helps me understand, too, and helps me refine my product that I am, you know, I'm selling so that I can be better for, you know, other clients coming. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it was just mm-hmm. that. Sometimes it was the value exchanges like that we talked about. Like, it's like, hey, if you do my website, mm-hmm. I will do this for you. Yeah. Um, some of it was just white labeling. It's like, hey, I'll just, you know, basically freelance and be kind of part yeah. of your team and just do work. I'm not getting any credit on the other side, but I'm at least getting the exposure and That's I'm getting some mm-hmm. income in. Mm-hmm. And I'm so it's making things a little bit more comfortable. So those are a couple of things that I did that I found really helped just kind of like get it out there because at the at the initial piece, what you have to do is you have to reestablish your reputation and your yep. credibility. Mm-hmm. And so you have to get those things going so that you can put those things on your website. So mm-hmm. you can have this, those clients to talk about and yeah. those case studies to talk about and stuff, regardless if you got paid or not for it. That's yeah. such a good, cause especially from your perspective of you were in, in the corporate trenches. You were in the washer and the dryer. <laughs> you were in the machine. Uh, that was bad. I'm so sorry. Uh, you were you like, tell me I got washed you, up. You got washed up and spit out. And but but from Man, what, we're just gonna keep on going. <laughs> where I was going with that thought is because when you are so invested in a single brand, mm-hmm. it's pulling yourself away from that is a is a tough thing to do and yeah. that's where i was i'm really fortunate that i was able to build a brand outside of myself because i was physically yeah. everywhere in the city mm-hmm. that's what saved my my physical presence talking with people mm-hmm. is what allowed me yeah. to say hey i'm a solo shooter you obviously are seeing that i'm like i'm producing all, all of by this myself all by myself and people could see that but if you're in the corporate culture you're not necessarily mm-hmm. doing that so you almost need to hit that the street level and the ground level yeah. earlier six months a year out before you make that move and actually, um, the, the magic number was about a one and a half to two years. Oh wow! Okay. Um, internally, a lot of that's yeah. what that, that was kind of like the magic number of being able to be able to operate your own it. thing about one and a half to two years in order to make that network mm-hmm. that allowed you to be able to pivot. I had four months, you know, so yeah. I condensed it all, and which is what took me a little bit longer on the outside, which was fine too. I just knew that mm-hmm. my journey was going to be a little bit longer than some of my counterparts were able to jump and had something going like right away. Um, so yeah, so you definitely have to consider that. And you also have to, um, consider the fact that it's going to take some time. Yes. Right. And like you said, Mm -hmm. yeah. And so, and again, like one and a half to two years is about the right time for those seeds that you plant Mm -hmm. to start sprouting. I mean, we just got a client where we put a proposal out a year ago, Mm -hmm. Yeah, a year ago and we got him like, Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. We're, we're totally in for it, but it was like a year, you know? Yeah. And so, so it takes some time and it takes like the need to, again, invest in being seen and mm-hmm. in yeah. driving that credibility and reputation. So people start feeling confident yeah. in, in you and your capabilities. That so. exposure. And that is where, if you're smart, cause I, you know, for a while, social media, putting yourself out there, yep. I was always like, oh, I'm not really sure. Like I'm a pretty private person, yep. but then I was literally forced into it yeah face on camera getting thrown behind a mic for radio yeah and then i started to say you know what ali no this is really good mm-hmm. people are listening people are watching start yeah. being smart and then i started to throw stuff even just on my own social media yeah. i gained more traction on my own social media and on because radio than i yeah. do 
realistically through through the television. Yeah. And but I and then I started to watch what I was pr- posting, what was doing well. Yeah. And take notes, like be smart about it, but also don't be afraid. Use social media as a way to connect with people. Do yeah. it. But, yeah. And try throw stuff at the wall. Yeah. I mean that was tough. Well, it was a tough thing for me, and I've talked about this in previous episodes, too, because like you, Mm -hmm. I always wanted my life and my work to be intertwined, but I never wanted to give up that privacy, right? Mm -hmm. And so at first, I kept very business April on the show, and now I've, like, stepped into blurring the lines a lot more and, you know, being more vulnerable, and then with our social too right like we feature sam my son on the social media and he does videos right and like that's something i never would have done right like yeah and so you know we use my son which i have had some people be like oh you're selling your son on your you know whatever you're always gonna have haters but like (laughs) he really loves it yeah he really loves it he gets such a sense of pride out of being on the show and understanding some of what mom does and now I have my two-year-old Mia that will get up and ask me to take her video after and she'll get I wonder how that will come into play later for their careers, to be yeah, honest, if they how will, this is, yep. yeah, 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 that'll be interesting. If it'll stick, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's been like a new way of putting myself out there because I'm mm-hmm. like you too. Like I was like, I don't really want to yeah. be on social, and that's also and very don't. like Midwest mentality as well. So yeah. I think that's just kind of like ingrained in us here in Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't want I, people to know all that stuff. Well, it just occurred to me that. Sam isn't going to have an advertising book, but he's going to have a slew of social posts that he could choose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. At five. So he's five. You know, he's going to be beating you. Yeah. Get him on YouTube young. I'm just saying. The summer ABCs <laughs> yeah. of marketing and branding. Check yeah, it out. That, yeah. There's my, my – um, we we pay him a dollar a video and a dollar for every comment relative to the conversation that we get. So there oh, you go. Let's blow Sam that. up on Instagram. Heck yeah. Anyway, yeah. So I think just, yeah, the point about building your reputation, putting yourself out there, being vulnerable and being okay with with it and you know we've, I think the thing that you hear all of us say is being authentically who we are and what mm-hmm. we've decided to do is really where the success comes and if you're yeah. different than everybody else in the space by doing that even better yeah. um, but being very intentional about that I think is huge because mm-hmm. then people feel like they know you Mm-hmm. And that leads to trust and relationships and all those really good other things, which then does make the money come, I feel like, yeah. over time, if you build that right foundation. Yeah, the connection with the people. Yes. <laughs> now, my one little caveat I'll say to that, because I would be remiss if I didn't, is that you have to maintain a, a level of personal brand Oh, for that sure. is professional. Yeah, or what you want people to well, actually. What is see. your brand, right? Like, yeah. yeah, are you an OnlyFans person? Great, like <laughs> that's good for you. But or are you trying to yep. produce and create a marketing business? And are you trying to? Yeah, it's all about that. You become, we become our own brands, which can be very hard for a lot of people. Yes, and once you kind of break that barrier. I think it loosens that it, it opens that vulnerability. But you have to decide: are you like really far one way, or are you... yeah, yeah? Because well, clients will check. Wrong. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, clients yeah. will check. They're gonna check your social, so you better not have anything up there that you don't and want them to think see. about athletes, right? I'm yeah. I'm going. I'm I've had a couple conversations with Xavier University about this, where players within the NCAA will soon be able to be paid, right? Mm-hmm. So they're like, okay, they're they're hoping to bring me on to help you know, do some media consulting with them for them to realize like, hey, if you are, if you're putting stuff out there, you are your brand. So you need to 
represent yourself well. You need yeah. to represent the team well because your job is to play basketball and win ball games. But you are still an identity and, and part of it. Yeah. yeah, and go to school. <laughs> yeah, right. No, they're yeah. Well, that's a conversation for another time. Uh, but I digress. And yeah, but how are you representing yourself? Yeah. Not only on the court, but off the court and online, because that's where so many people yep. will follow them. So you can yeah. get. Don't get crazy. Yeah. Don't put your but Saturday. But you night have to think about the long. You have to think about the long term. Yeah, you really do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. So our third and final segment is usually a real world example of a brand doing it well or not well. But when we have guests, we turn this over to them. So Allie, you can talk a little more about your pivot. You can promote yourself. You can give people any sneak peek into what you're going to be doing next. Ooh. It's kind of the floor is yours. And then also be sure to tell people how they can reach you yes. now that you are on your own. Yeah, I'll dive into my next journey and what my plans are. So it's 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 exciting and it's still unfolding and pivoting in front of us. But over, you know, the last month or so, I feel like I've had a lot more clarity. Um, so I'm going to be it's, I'm going to be still doing all things video production. So if you think about it as a pyramid, my foundation and my base is going to be client branding, marketing production, and, and storytelling in that sense. But I will also be building on top of that, and I will be starting and pivoting into the YouTube. So I left news to do YouTube. Hey. <laughs> it's going to be my first video. And I'm going to still keep this theme of, like, the... The local loop is what I am diving for and, and going for, where I'm uncovering still these hidden gems all over. My goal is to travel more with it, too. Um, very, mm -hmm. like, um, uh, Samantha Brown style. I don't know if anyone ever watched Samantha Brown. Like, she does a bunch of Travel Channel stuff. Like, oh. great hotels. Big oh. inspiration there. <laughs> yeah. So, kind so of... you want to be her. All right. She was very much, I as I... I'm realizing and, you know, like thinking things through and meditating on things like, oh, yeah, she definitely had an influence on my career there. Um, so continuing to build that brand out. And uh, you'll still see me around town at Xavier Games and Game Hosting. I'll still be on the radio for 700 WLW and WEBN. Awesome. Um, and continuing my podcast. <laughs> there we go. One pig's fine. So to answer your question, the best way to find me is at Allie Martin 8 on all on all social platforms, okay. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I don't know about LinkedIn or it's probably just Allie Martin on LinkedIn. Um, but then also if you want to check out our entrepreneurship podcast, it's called When Pigs Fly. And that's been a really fun adventure as well. And we've been on that show as well. Yes, yeah, so. yeah, Coming yeah, full circle take here. Take a listen to that one. Mm -hmm. All right. So just to summarize, the four steps to successfully making a career pivot into freelance. One, ensure you're making the pivot because it's your greatest passion, not just because you're in a tough spot. Build a step-by-step -step plan for getting there to make it feel manageable and real. Start working through the steps of your plan. So start doing things as soon as the plan is finished to gain momentum and confidence. And finally, set overall goals and key milestones that you can track against throughout whatever timeline you are giving yourself. And with that, we thank Ali for joining us today. This has been super fun. Yeah, thanks for having me. And we say go and exercise your marketing smarts. Still need help in growing your marketing smarts? Contact us through our website, forthright-people.com. Mention you heard about us here, and we will give you a free 30-minute consultation. You can also share any topics you want us to cover, which helps us give real-world support to our listeners in real time. And if you learned something impactful, please share with a friend, and don't forget to leave a rating and review on your favorite platform. Now, 
go show off your marketing smarts.